Welcome to this podcast on improving sleep. My name's Nicole Ager and I'm a health promotion advisor for Bupa. Within my role, I promote a positive lifestyle through looking at people's health and well-being. Today I'm joined by Jake Williams, a health advisor and health star, and Annie, a health promotion advisor, who are allowed to introduce themselves. So hi everybody, my name's Annie, and as Nicole said, I'm a health promotion advisor who's mainly based in London. And hi everyone, my name is Jake Williams. So similar to Nicole and Annie, I'm one of the health advisors who work in the health promotion team, as well as one of the health stars. So that's more delivering not just podcasts, but presentations around health nutrition. And I've got a main interest in looking at sleep as well. Thanks, guys. So today's topic that we'll be looking at is sleep and how to manage this at times of heightened stress, especially as many of our, many of our routines have been switched up and this can change and affect our sleep. Today, we'll be looking at the sleep guidelines, what could be affecting our sleep and how we can improve our sleep and the benefits of having a good sleep hygiene. So for, first of all, Annie, do you mind explaining what actually is sleep? Yeah, of course. So sleep is it's a temporary state in which you're unconscious, but you can be woken up from it. It's divided into two main phases, and the phases are called non-rapid eye movement, which is NREM, and rapid eye movement, which is REM. So if we look into those phases a little bit more in depth, NREM is the first phase, and it has actually three stages within that. So the first stage is N1. And it's a relatively light form of sleep. It lasts about five to ten minutes. So during this stage, heart and breathing rates begin to slow down. Eye movements also slow down and muscles relax. Your body temperature decreases. And a person can actually easily be awakened from N1 sleep. And you might not think that you've actually been asleep. N1 is the first stage that is entered when we're taking a nap. And it is normal for a person to experience hypnic jerks, which are known as sleep start, and during this stage. It's sometimes where you might experience a bit of a feeling of falling, like you, you jerk awake. N2 is the second stage within NREM. And during this stage, eye movement stops, heart rate slows down, brain waves become slower, and muscles relax even further. And as sleep cycles repeat throughout the night, a person spends more time in stage N2 than any other sleep stage. After that, We've got M3. So M3 is a sleep where it's a period of deep sleep uh, that's needed for an individual to feel refreshed for the next day. So a person typically spends more time in M3 stage during the first half of the sleep than the second half and lasting around 20 to 40 minutes. So M3 is when the brain becomes less responsive to external stimuli. As a result, it's most difficult to wake a person up from that stage. Now, that's the NREM phase. And if we look at REM, so the first REM cycle of the night typically lasts about 10 minutes, but each subsequent REM stage gets progressively longer as the night goes on, making you a lot more relaxed with your heart rate and breathing slowing down. Oh, brilliant. Thanks, Annie. It's interesting to know that there are different time limits for the different stages of sleep, and that really explains the process of falling asleep. Jake, do you know about the amount of hours of sleep that are recommended each night? And also, does this differ depending on age? Yeah, definitely, Nicole. And, and looking into like different age groups, 
more what the government guidelines recommend is that babies have between like 12 to 16 hours sleep at night more looking at older children have between 9 to 12 and then more looking into the adults would be like 7 to 9 and I think it's really important just to bring that around because I know it can be a lot easier said than done especially if we are say with adults and we've got a young family we might like you said we might have younger children who might try and communicate in the night by uh, crying things like that and I know it can like you said it is easier said than done sometimes trying to get those seven to nine hours but it's just really trying to encourage if we can get an amount to do so and like Annie said it is just really important especially with that REM sleep so that rapid eye movement as just that helps your body relax then just helps you for the refresh for the next day moving forward as well Don't if there's anything else on that Annie you'd like to add yeah I think just picking up on as you said it can often be easier said than done and I think worth mentioning at this time particularly when we're all a little bit worried and there are uncertainties ahead we might find that our sleep is a bit more disruptive than usual so I think it's completely normal and it is just about finding a routine that works for you for example like we might be sleeping a little bit more at the moment because we're not commuting into work in the morning or we might be finding it a little bit more a bit more tricky to get to sleep just because we are worrying about things. So why is a lack of sleep bad for us and how can it affect our health? I know probably everyone's experienced the feeling of fatigue, perhaps a shorter temper and a lack of focus after a poor night's sleep. But after several sleepless nights, I assume this will have some kind of effect on our overall health. Annie, do you mind explaining this in a bit more detail? So... The reason behind sleep being so important is that a lack of sleep can actually contribute to certain factors such as high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, even potentially being overweight. Also, if you are having a lack of sleep, it can contribute to mental health issues such as anxiety and depression. Now, a Boop survey showed that on average we're getting around 6 hours and 80 minutes of sleep per night and that one in three people have trouble sleeping or have interrupted sleep which is quite a large amount of people. So we want to just try and get that sleep so we can minimise the risk of any mental health issues or non-communicable diseases as well. Jake, I don't know if you've got any other, other things to mention on there. Yeah, thinking of around those like more environmental factors that can affect us as well. So it's it's really important like we said to get that amount of sleep to help improve that like mental health side like we mentioned before it's around just generally get that relaxation that recovery but it's also that physical side as well i know we've mentioned around having a bit more time if say anyone's exercising as well just to get that recovery in but looking into those environmental factors and it's not to get frustrated but we can appreciate if you say have like a presentation or something that is bothering you could affect your sleep i know it can be difficult but trying to really to put that to one side and, and try and get those like say if it's an adult that's seven to nine hours just to help you then feel more awake refreshed in the morning like it might be one of those that's not a click of the fingers that say after one night's sleep you've gone right from having five i'm now having seven i feel i feel fantastic it might take a period of time but like you said Annie, it's just that really important benefit and again looking at all those other contributing factors which do affect sleep as well yeah, definitely, because I think as well, there's been studies that sort of show that sleeping less than seven hours might be associated with other things as well as that. So it might be associated with impaired immune function or increased pain or potentially even impaired performance or an increased risk of errors or accidents too. 
Yeah, so Annie, you've just touched on it there, that if we haven't had enough sleep, it's likely that we're going to make more errors and we might even suffer from brain fog. But on the flip side of this, if we are getting a good night's sleep, a benefit of this is that our attention and concentration are improved because our energy levels are up, which stops our mind from wandering. So we can maintain our attention throughout the day. And this can also improve our strategic thinking, our risk assessment, and also our reaction time, which are, which are obviously important to help us making big decisions at work or even to stay sharp and focused when driving. Jake, do you know any more benefits of getting a better night's sleep? A main one, Nicole's like people's overall mood as well. I'd say I can definitely put my hand up where I've not had enough sleep and then some things are maybe irritating me a little bit quicker than they normally would do. Or it's that general mindset of, right, well, we're doing this today. How do you feel? Where if you have, say, have a lack of sleep, that motivation can be a bit well lower than normal. And again, it's just that that aspect there of that real improvement, just generally on yourself. I'm trying to think of other things around how sleep can affect us. It's more thinking just generally your overall well-being. Like if you're finding something difficult, then we're going to put things off, which then can affect us later on as well. So so yes, yeah, so definitely in that sense, I'd I'd say sleep is a, a real real important factor. Annie, I don't know. Have you got anything else you'd like to add to that, do you think? Yeah, I think probably just to touch on a, a point I made briefly before, getting a good night's sleep can actually help to keep our immune system strong, which I think is particularly important now. So getting a good night's sleep can help to keep our immune system fighting fit and keep the germs away. Sleep gives your body the time it needs to rest and repair, as you said, Jake. And it's one of the reasons why you feel tired and want to sleep more when you feel unwell. Sleep supports the proteins and cells of your immune system and it basically detects and destroys any foreign invaders that your body might come into contact with. And it also helps these cells to remember the invaders that they've come into contact with. So if you come across the same bugs and germs again, you're prepared to fight them off. A good night's sleep really does help to strengthen, strengthen the body's immune response and it's essential to allow yourself time just to rest and recover when you're not feeling well. Yeah, and I just wanted to add on to that. Another benefit of getting enough night's sleep is that it can help us learn and to make memories. So not only does our to sleep allow our body the time it needs to rest, repair and rebuild, as Jake said, as you sleep, your brain begins to organise and process all the information that you've taken in during the day. And it can convert your short term memories into long term memories which in turn can help you learn. And this means that you can wake up and often see things more clearly. Oh, definitely. You bang on right there, Nicole. And, and, and like you say, it's a fact as well, probably more of those, just touching on more of those environmental factors again. I know I touched on like pressure, say at work or at home or whatnot, but there's also thinking of like other food like sources as well, as well as physical activity. So one of those things that, yeah, physical activity is great and we know it can help produce endorphins that gives us that feel good factor. But I know it has come across around if we're doing like really vigorous exercise, say before going to bed as well, um, it's just being careful that 
but we've still got that adrenaline pumping like later on at night when we're trying to shut our eyes but then also on that say nutritional basis around things like caffeine which I'm sure a lot of the listeners are aware of in the sense of like tea and coffee but not just in tea and coffee it's also found in the likes of dark chocolate and fizzy drinks as well so I know you around that like recommendation it would be to try and encourage people not to have it after 4 p.m generally because we know that then that can like obviously affect us going to sleep later on at night oh yeah so now we're sort of talking about sleep hygiene aren't we um and talking about all those different things trying to get us a good night's sleep there so jake's just mentioned caffeine i want to just bring up as well alcohol do really want to be aware of our alcohol consumption when we are going to sleep and Really, alcohol actually might ease us getting to sleep. It make us, it can make us feel a bit sleepy and reduce the time it takes to fall asleep. However, sleeping with alcohol in the system changes the composition of the sleep stages that I talked about at the beginning. So that once the alcohol wears off, you'll actually spend more time sleeping in the lighter, non-restorative stages of sleep. Therefore, alcohol stop induced sleep can not only leave you feeling more vulnerable to the sleep disturbances, but it can prevent you from feeling refreshed in the morning. Two really important factors that we need to consider there, especially being at home a lot more and with the weather being really nice, it might be more tempting to have more alcohol, more drinks in the garden at the moment. And also with caffeine, if we are working from home, if we're working in the kitchen, it's so easy to keep making teas and coffees, whereas we might not do so as much at work. Um, So just to keep an eye on that and watch how much we are consuming. Another thing within sleep hygiene is having a good bedroom environment, um, which has a massive impact on our sleep quality. So just trying to have a blacked out room using um, dark curtains and just a a dark, comfy environment, making sure that all our electronic devices are on night mode um, so they're not disturbing us with that blue light, as Jake mentioned, which can keep us awake. So just trying to put phones, laptops, iPads, anything with that electronic device and with that bright screen um, away from us about 30 minutes before we go to sleep. Also looking at our pillows and our mattresses, making sure that they are comfy and that we have replaced our mattress after 10 years or so with a variety of pillows as well that works for us so that we are comfortable, we're not getting backache, we're not uncomfortable and waking up throughout the night. And just making sure the temperature of our room is ideally between 18 to 24 degrees, so we're not too hot, not too cold. And perhaps even wearing an eye mask. Oh yeah, I love my eye mask. I think it's great. <laughs> Helps to keep the sun out, particularly in the morning when you wake up. If I don't want to wake up too early, my eye mask uh, helps me just have that little bit of an extra lie in. I think as well, worth mentioning, as you sort of said, uh, looking at sort of blue lights and things on your screens, I think it's worth saying that we could also benefit from having some winding down time as well. So whatever that is, it might be different for everybody. It might be having a warm bath or it might be writing a to-do list for the next day so you can organise your thoughts and clear your mind. And, or it might even be relaxation exercises like mindfulness or using apps or CDs to help relax. Just because before we go to bed, just helping us have that wind down time. Exactly as Nicole said, just reducing screen time. The reason for that is because the blue light is like sunlight and it affects you producing melatonin, which helps us to fall asleep. And I think at the moment, many of us have got office and home blended into one. So we might be a little bit more tempted to look at emails later in the night, but try to avoid this if possible. Or you can actually, phones sometimes have a function where you can put a blue light filter on, which might be slightly more soothing for our eyes. 
Yeah, I'd say just touching on that as well, Annie, you've got um, with your phones that do not disturb. I can happily say that I've tried that out a couple of weeks ago because I was a bit unsure with the do not disturb if it then my alarm would go off in the morning. I can happily say it did at the time I'd set it. So it's one of those that, yeah, it's more, if anyone doesn't know about do not disturb, it's it just keeps your phone completely silent. So any texts, phone calls, they won't like come through if even if you've got a smart like Apple watch or any form of like device like a wearable on and it, and it literally will just wake you up in the morning when you're um, your alarm goes off and I, I definitely recommend that like like you said Annie if with that environment at the minute if we are looking at say emails a bit later on than we normally would do yeah it's really important there and and, and just thinking around those the apps as well um, so you've got thinking of like Sleepio, Headspace and like Calm. I, again, I'd, uh, I've found those really useful in the sense of generally thinking of podcasts. So I know we touched on before earlier in the talk around things being on your mind and I found those useful just to listen to um, at night time, just to take my mind away from things. But then also there's like hints and tips on there as well, just to support you in just in any, anything that's on your mind as well, just see if there's any, any areas there that they can try and, and support and improve, really. I don't know if there's, Nicole, anything else you'd like to add to that at all? Yeah, just uh, finally about um, medication. So in the past, sleeping tablets um, have been prescribed to patients to help their quality and quantity of sleep. However, they there can be side effects from these drugs, such as clumsiness, dizziness, or drug tolerance. Um, in some cases, sleeping tablets can be prescribed for short-term courses, so around a week or so, but you, you should be encouraged to only use these for two, three nights. Obviously, each person is different, and if you wanted to investigate this more you would need to speak to a GP who would assess your individual needs. And if you do require support from your GP or practice nurse, they may, they may be able to refer you to a specialist to help in this area, such as cognitive behavioural therapy, uh, sleep restrictions, and possibly into progressive muscle relaxation techniques. So as we've been talking about sleep hygiene and how to help us get a better night's sleep, is it worth mentioning using a sleep diary? Jake, do you know a bit more about sleep diaries and how they can be used? Oh, yeah. So in the sense of sleep diary, it's more just in the sense to if we are struggling with uh, with our sleep, anything around there. It's more around just to get a bit more of an idea of, of what is affecting us and maybe why. It, it could be as simple as having, say, a pen and paper. If we've got, say, a bed a bedside table, you could also use, say, the notes part on your phone as just a, a bit of a reminder. And it's just, like I said, to help monitor your routine in that period of time. So when you've woken up, you can write saying, right, what was on your mind? Like I said, is it, it can just be a real beneficial note to go, uh, this is how I'm feeling. This is the mood I was in. Are, are, are they linked in together? Like you said, around like sleeping tablets, things like that, seeking support, I think it's a really beneficial way to do it because, again, for the individual, they're then aware of what is affecting them. So I know for myself, if there is a bit of a presentation, say the day before, I know that things are on my mind and I may not sleep as well, but it isn't, it's just more that, that pressure in my mind, but it's being aware of that and knowing the reasons why I've woken up like I said it can it can be easier said than done but I think the main reason is it's so you know the reason more most importantly why you're waking up and I like I said before I know if we 
we are having, say, any caffeine later on. That could be one of the things that possibly could be related. But I'd just say to be patient with it. And it's just that more that realisation of just trying to see what is affecting us and why. And that's that's the main factor for it, really. Any, any Anything else you'd like to add? Yeah, I'd just, I'd just back you up on that, I think, really. Um, if we write a sleep diary, then it means that we can figure out why we might be having sleep disturbances. And then we can try and do something to fix it. Uh, it might be, as he said, caffeine is affecting us. We might have to have our coffee a bit earlier in the day. And we do find that when we have a lot on our minds, our moods can change and sleep is disturbed. I think if anyone does feel overwhelmed or anxious, speaking to someone can maybe help you feel a little bit more relaxed and potentially lead to a better sleep too. So there are lots of different options of who you could speak to whether it's someone you know, a friend or a family member uh, or a work colleague or maybe a stranger if it's a bit more comfortable for you, someone that doesn't know you personally. So it might be that you get in touch with charities such as Mind or Samaritan and see if anyone can help on that. Yeah, brilliant, Annie. I think that's really important to mention at the moment with so much going on and we are only seeing the people we live with. It might just be that you want a difference of opinion. You want to speak to someone who's non-judgmental. They're not they're not biased in any way and they can offer that professional help. So to summarise today, we've spoken about sleep and the guidelines, the problems related to a poor night's sleep and the benefits of getting a good night's sleep and improving your sleep hygiene. Please visit the Booper Health information pages for more information and we'll also link useful information in the podcast overview. But feel free to search Booper wherever you listen to your podcasts for more health advice, news and views. Thank you to both Annie and Jake for your time. There's been many useful tips that I will definitely be taking on board. You're very welcome, Nicole. Thank you very much for asking me to come on.